What do you love about Jesus? And which of the true stories in the Gospels for you kind of expresses that or captures that? Or is a favourite story because of something you see about Jesus in it? We want to ask you this question through the summer. We want to focus on Jesus. What can we celebrate around him? And also, what do we want to share with our friends and our family and our colleagues, our neighbours, that we know about Jesus that they might not know or they might not have remembered from when they were at Sunday school a long time ago for some? And first dibs in choosing a story goes to my mum, who when she was diagnosed with cancer, when she told people about the cancer, would also tell them about this story in the Bible that we're looking at this morning, of Jesus calming the storm. Because in the midst of the wind and the waves, feeling helpless and overwhelmed, Jesus was in the boat with his disciples. So actually, they didn't need to be afraid. So we're going to spend some time on that story. Is that some right? Great. Let's look then at Mark 4, and it's on page 106, if that's got shut somewhere in the, uh, in the turning around and saying hello. And um, as we join Jesus and the disciples at the end of Mark 4, we, we find the disciples doing exactly what they've been told to do in verse 35 by Jesus. They're crossing the Sea of Galilee at the end of the day when Jesus has been teaching. Verse 36, they, they set off. A little group of boats going across the other side. Must have been just a very normal thing for them to do, particularly those of them who used to be fishermen, like um, Peter and John and, uh, and the others uh, in that group. And, and then we read verse 37, a furious squall came up. And the Greek word behind that is the Greek word for a whirlwind, something really terrifying, something very chaotic and ferocious. And so what happened for them is in a very short space of time, their circumstances went from perfectly normal to totally chaotic. And this isn't just a group of teenagers messing around. This is experienced fishers who, well, they're terrified for their lives. Verse 38, the disciples woke Jesus up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? So that's what they were. Their their life went from normal to chaotic and out of control, just in no time at all. And they cry out to Jesus. And what happens next is astonishing. Uh, what happens next is the sort of thing, if you've witnessed it, if you've been there on this day with them, you'd have remembered it for the rest of your life, I think. And that's how this story comes down to us in the Bible. This is the sort of thing that when you see it, you don't forget it. Verse 39, it's the verse on the front that we gave at the beginning of the service, just to think about if you were having a, a moment or two. Jesus got up rebuked the wind and said to the waves well it's kind of what you'd say to a naughty puppy dog down boy sit Jesus said quiet be still and we read the wind died down and it was completely calm that is Jesus Christ that is total power that he has 
the ability to command the wind and the waves and have them obey. I mean, you could try it if you like over the summer sometime. Uh, maybe you can go for a swim in the sea or just go down to the pool down at the leisure centre. And when there's a few waves, just, just try it if you like. Quiet, be still. What do you think would happen? Well, we know what would happen. Nothing at all would happen if we did it. But Jesus commanded them and they obeyed. And that is the big thing to take from Mark chapter 4, if you've never seen it before, is, is Jesus' total power. That's who he is. He's the one with total power. Things that are totally impossible for any other human being uh, he can do because of who he is. And just let me say, I, I, I don't know if you share this with people, if you share this story with people, you might get a sceptical reaction of that question. You don't believe that actually happened, do you? Well, the reason I believe is that these weren't gullible people. These are fishermen. These are sort of very down-to-earth, salty people who, um, sure, they didn't know the same science that we know. They didn't you know, have done GCSEs. But they knew how the world worked. They knew how the, the Sea of Galilee worked, particularly. They knew this was a miracle. This was totally not normal. This was something that happened because Jesus spoke and made it so because of his total power. And if you want another reason why the disciples, I don't think they would have made up this particular story if they did make up any stories, you wouldn't, if you were making up a story, you wouldn't make up one that made you look totally stupid, would you? And getting told off by Jesus, which is what happens to in verse 14. And there's a little light that I would detail as well, incidental ones. The fact that Jesus was asleep on a cushion. You spot that little detail? As far as I can work out, there's no sort of deeper meaning and massive significance in the cushion. It's just like that he was, and they remembered it that way. And so that's, as they told the story, it's like technicolour in their brains. They can't forget this. They were there, they saw it. It was astonishing, it was life changing. And by the way, Jesus uh, being asleep, it does show his humanity. He's been teaching all day, he's been giving of himself. He's tired. Just like you get tired, and I get tired after a day's work. And yet, of course, he's so much more than one of us, which we see in the miracle. And, and his difference, his total power, the, the reaction to it is what happens next. The disciples, do you see, by the end of this little incident, verse 41, that they're, um, they've been afraid of the boat, uh, they're in the boat, afraid of the waves, because they thought they were going to drown. But then Jesus stands up and speaks and the Sea of Galilee becomes like a mill pond. And now, verse 41, they're really scared because they're thinking, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is this? Well, probably later they would have maybe remembered Psalm 107 or someone would have read it to them. It puts it this way. Uh, people went out in ships, they were merchants on the mighty waters, when they saw the works of the Lord, his powerful deeds in the deep. Uh, he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage meant, melted away. This is still talking about the, the, um, the sailors, they reeled and staggered like drunken men. They were at their wit's end. Then, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he brought them out of their distress. 
He, the Lord, stilled the storm to a whisper, and the waves of the sea were hushed. See the relevance of that in the Old Testament? Psalm 107. Who can still a storm with a word? It's by speaking. Almighty God can. And that is the power we see in Jesus Christ. Total power. Who is this? Someone who's clearly human. He's asleep on a cushion. But someone who is also God with us, Emmanuel, as we remember at Christmas time. And that's why the disciples end this little story by being terrified. They find themselves in the direct presence of God and they think, well, what now? Is this good for us? Is this, are we going to be sort of destroyed in some way? Or because we're not pure and he is. And, and notice verse 14 that Jesus, even as he tells them off for being afraid, invites them not to be afraid of him, but rather to put their faith in him. And that's and that's how to land this. And this is where we get back to the everyday that we experience too, as we go through circumstances that, are, that, that go from normal to chaotic. There are two alternative responses here, depending on how we respond to Jesus. There's either fear or faith. I think that's how this story works. And I think that's how it works in life for you and me too. When things go from normal to chaos, we can easily be afraid of whatever circumstances has caused that, can't we? But faith in Jesus changes it and pushes that out. You see, if something happens in your life, the normal goes to chaos. We feel out of control, in danger of being swamped. Perhaps it's to do with money. Perhaps it is a diagnosis, an illness, or a bereavement, or the break of a relationship. Things, things happen, and we, we feel pressed in, we feel overwhelmed, and fear is a perfectly natural response, isn't it? We're afraid of what's just happened, we're afraid of what's going to happen next. This is a threat to me, this is a threat to my happiness, my plans, my very survival. And that's where the disciples were in the story we just read. They faced imminent death, or so they thought. And that's the big one, of course, isn't it? If we try and face death on our own without Jesus, then we are right to be terrified. Fear of circumstances comes when we don't have faith in Jesus. Either because we don't know him, he's not in our lives yet, or because he is in our lives, but we, we think he's asleep, that he's not interested, and so we get afraid of what's happening around us or what's happening to us. We don't need to be when we realise that Jesus is the one with total power. But as we said a minute ago, the disciples do realise that power and they start to be afraid of him. And that's the wrong type of fear here, the, the fear of Jesus. Although, I mean, we should have an awe of Jesus, shouldn't we? Who is this? Goodness me. But if we understand his goodness, that God has come into the world in Jesus Christ to use his power to save us, then we don't need to be afraid of him but rather we put our faith in him. I don't know whether there are some here today, and you're just not sure about fully trusting Jesus, kind of saying, yeah, I'm going to follow him, 
for the rest of my life, come what may, no matter what people think, no matter how hard that is. Because that is the call of discipleship that Jesus gives to us. He calls us to follow him, to take up our cross daily, to deny ourselves and to follow him for the rest of our days. And we might think, oh, I don't know whether I could do that. Gosh. Well, we need to know both his power, that he's worth worshipping in that way, he is, he is God, and we need to know his goodness, that he uses his power to save people, people like the ones we're reading about here, people like us. We don't need to be afraid of letting him close. We don't need to be uh, afraid of what he'll ask us to go through because he'll always be with us in it. It's right to be in awe of him, but there's no need to be afraid of him for he is good. And when we see that, it opens up the right response to Jesus, the one that uh, we have here, the response of faith in Jesus. It's not a blind link in the dark, but faith in him, in, in who he is, in what he's said, in what he's done. Trusting him because he's trustworthy. The reason in verse 40, if you look down again, that the disciples get a telling off. You know, what? what uh, they get a telling off. What, do you still have no faith? Jesus says to them. The reason he's expecting them to have had more faith is they've seen plenty of evidence. They've seen all the miracles he's already done up until this point. And I guess the equivalent for, for many of us in the room is that we've known God in our lives for many years. We've known him. He's proved his promises to us time and time again. You see, the disciples should have had faith. And if they'd had faith, they would have still gone through the storm. It wouldn't have sort of, they wouldn't have sort of magically missed the storm if they'd have had faith. But trust in Jesus would have transformed their experience of the storm because they wouldn't have been afraid of it. Jesus has made promises to them that could only happen if they went through this day and got to the other side and then they would be fulfilled in the future like I will make you fishers of men. He promised these, this group of people that they had a future, that he had plans for them. And so they should have known if Jesus had told them to get into the boat and go across the lake that they would definitely get to the other side of the lake. And that Jesus has power, total power, to do whatever he's promised. They should have known that. And you see, that's why my mum went to this story when she got cancer. As she shared with uh, her friends and her neighbours what she was going through, that with Jesus in the boat, she said, there's nothing to be afraid of. Because whenever a man, a woman, or a boy or girl puts his or her faith in Jesus, Jesus not only forgives our sins, but he comes to live in us by the Holy Spirit and makes us brothers and sisters with him, part of the family of God. And that picture of Jesus in the Bible with the disciples in this real story is a great picture of Jesus in the life of everyone who puts their faith in him. In our lives, by his Holy Spirit. And who's in our lives? The one who has total power. Now what my mum did not mean, I saw her yesterday and I checked it out with her, she did not mean, oh yeah, yeah I'm definitely going to get better. She didn't mean that. There was no way for her to know that, was there? 
when she was diagnosed with cancer. There's no, prom- there's no promise in the Bible that if we kind of believe in a certain way or do certain sort of religious things or something like that, then God will definitely do what we want and answer all our prayers. Yes. There's no promise in the Bible that that will be, that will be so. My mum didn't know whether she would get better or not. But you see, she did know that Jesus was with her in the boat in her life. Uh, she remembered the promise at the end of Hebrews where Jesus says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Mum says she still did lots and lots of praying for courage because of the horrible treatment. But she knew that ultimately she didn't need to be afraid, however stormy it got with the disease and with the treatment. She knew that in her words, with Jesus in my life, then whatever happens, it's going to be okay. In John's Gospel, Jesus promises, I give my sheep eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. That's the one with total power who makes that promise and says, nothing in life, in eternity, nothing can take us out of, uh, out of his hand, away from his power. Do you that, that sort of final chorus of the song we just sang before the reading, in death, in life, I'm confident and covered by the power of your great love. My debt is paid. There's nothing that can separate my heart from your great love. Isn't that powerful that that's true for every man, woman, boy, girl who puts their faith in Jesus Christ? He's with us every day by his Holy Spirit through all of life's ups and downs and then one day we'll be with him in the Father's presence forever as the children of God transformed to be all that we could be and should be and will be in him. What do we love about Jesus? Well, Mark chapter 4, if you like that story, shows his total power over everything and assures us of his presence with us through everything. It means I don't need to be afraid, we don't need to be afraid of circumstances. When normal becomes chaos, we don't need to be afraid because he'll never leave us and never forsake us. And notice verse 38, when Jesus, uh, just one little title detail, when did Jesus expect them to trust him? When he was asleep. You see that in verse 38? And it is the same for us. There'll be times, uh, particularly in illness, when we're totally exhausted, that just seems to be, I don't really feel you're with me. We just need to those times just to say, I still believe though, that you haven't lost control of and that you are keeping your promise that you are with me. And can I say that on, a, on an average day like today, when most of us are not facing those overwhelming circumstances, this is the day to receive this word. If you're just having a normal day today, then this is the day to receive. Jesus promised that he will never leave you, never forsake you, if you put your faith in him. Or if you are going through a hard time, if you really are bearing the burdens and in the storm, then Jesus promises, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. And he promises, I give my sheep eternal life and they shall never perish. 
and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. The relationship depends not on me being able to hold on to him or you being able to give him, but on him being able to hold on to us, which he always can. And so we trust his promise that he is with us, that he will never leave us and never forsake us. Amen.